Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. Those here with us in the room, those watching online, to our 1030 service. If you've been coming to DHC for a while and you've been hearing our lead pastor, John, communicate, you might have been hearing me do the announcements. You might be sitting back and go, oh, wow, that guy does that too. I do from time to time. So I'm, uh, I'm here with you today. My name is Adam. I'm actually the volunteer coordinator here at DHC. I get to lean into and help our volunteers get assimilated to our church and our process. And we are on week four of, as we wrap up the month of June here, this idea of questioning Jesus. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But you know, I thought it was really interesting that Christina, who's our worship leader up here, talked about that today, or next Sunday, we don't have service because we take some strategic Sundays off a year. And that is July 3rd, which means we're kind of at July 4th. It's always been that halfway point in the year that I've reflected on. I was talking with my wife about this uh, last week. I said, can you believe July 4th is almost here. And I said, wow, another year gone by, another 50 years or so to go, and it'll all be over. Let that be your Sunday inspiration as we launch the message here today. I'm excited about what God has done and what he's going to continue to do through this idea of questioning Jesus. And John's had a great three weeks of talking about some of these things. And as we talk about this and as we explore this, one of the things that we've wanted to do is just sit back and take a look at Jesus's favorite, in our opinion, method of teaching. And that was just by asking questions. And then people would ask him questions back and then he would answer some of those. And I just feel like that was a really powerful way that he taught. In fact, I think it was one of, if not the most powerful way of teaching that's ever been on the planet. And so I think this was really cool that when John put these up uh, last week and a couple of weeks ago, that Jesus asked 307 questions according to the scripture when he was on earth. He loved to ask questions to teach and begin teaching. And then in response, he was asked, or maybe before he even responded with a question, he was asked 183 questions, but he actually only took the time to answer fewer than 10. And I just believe that Jesus understands that we can learn from questions. And all series long, we've been taking a look at the questions that he asked and what that looks like. And I got to tell you, I got done with our first service probably about 10.03 this morning, and it was really powerful what happened. And I just believe today will be a powerful day for you. I believe today will be a powerful day for our church. I believe that if we allow God to work in this space today, that we're going to hear some things and we're going to unpack some things and we're going to think about some things that I believe are going to help us look into the future in our city, in our church, in our organization, so that we can do this thing called church and life and following after Jesus better. And so uh, as I put the question up today, I want to just tell you a lot of times people will sit back and they'll ask me after the message, were you talking straight to me? And I always say, no, I didn't know what was going on with you as you came in. That's probably the Holy Spirit. You should respond to the Holy Spirit. But additionally, related to this question, related to things that have been going on in our culture, socially and culturally, and um, I, I just believe that God supernaturally place this message here at this right time for this group of people for a reason. Now, I, I can't speak for him, but it sure would lead me to believe that there are some things that he is just working in behind the scenes that allow us to go, yeah, we should talk about this. Here is today's question, which I think is so cool. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? I'm going to say it again so that we sit back and understand this, and then we're going to talk about what Jesus meant the entire morning when he asked this question, here's the question. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And what I think is so cool about God is that this message was planned months ago in terms of what we wanted to talk about. 
And here we are today talking about, especially with what's going on in our city and our culture and our life, we're sitting here talking about this idea of judgment. It's the idea that we would talk about this idea of judgment, that, that I would look at you, you would look at me, we would look at someone else in our life, close friend, close family member, acquaintance, maybe they're not a close friend or family, maybe it's somebody who passes you on the street or passes you in traffic and we would have judgment on them. And what we've done is we've defined judgment as this idea that you would look at someone or you would have an opinion on someone and you would do something while judging them. That you would actually size someone up and write them off. Before you even know their story, before you even know them personally, you look at them, you, uh, you think that you might know them, you judge them, you size them up and write them off. Maybe, maybe you judge uh, anything in your life. We'll talk about this. Maybe you come in here and you judge DHC. Maybe you judge the person sitting next to you. Maybe you, 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 know, you think about things that happen on the way in, on the sidewalk. Because let's be honest. If we were to just sit back and be honest in every one of our lives, I truly believe at the end of the day that we judge everything. Let's be honest with each other. We judge everything. You know you do. I know I do. If I look around, I can think of things and I go, okay, I'm thinking, I have an opinion on that. I have an opinion on that. I have an opinion on that. And, and we're almost kind of wound that way, aren't we? We're almost, almost uh, you know, built from the ground up that way. So we live, we live in this arena where we kind of judge everything. I mean, let's just talk about a few things. We judge appearance. We judge the way he looks. We judge the way she looks. We judge this person's hair. We judge this person's piercings. We judge this person's tattoos. We judge what this person, uh, you know, the, the colorful shirt they wear, the colorful shirt that they don't wear, their shoes, their jeans. Like we, we just do it. We're just judging whether we like it, by the way, or don't like it. We just tend to go, man, I cannot believe that she wore that shirt, right? I, I cannot believe that she did her hair that way. I cannot believe he shaved his head. I cannot believe that he wore those shoes. I cannot believe that he did not button the third button. Like whatever it is, like we, we judge appearance. And I think it's important for us to understand that that's just something that we do. We just judge appearance. Heck, we judge decisions. I cannot believe she's dating him. I cannot believe he's dating her. I cannot believe they are considering getting married. I cannot believe they took that job. I can't believe they moved to that city. Are they nuts? How could they do that? I can't believe they are having another kid. Don't they have enough children? Like, we, do you not? We, of course we do. And you're, you might be chuckling because you know that it's very real. We do this. Um, we judge choices. A lot of times people, decisions and choices kind of go um, hand in hand, but maybe it's not like, you know, you're going out to dinner with somebody. Somebody orders this. How could you order that? Did you order that here? Why did you order that here? How, like, did you buy that car? Why did you buy that car? Do you know how much that car cost? Furthermore, we judge others' health decisions. Ooh, right? Last two years. Man, we've judged others' health decisions like nothing I've ever seen. Did you get the shot? Did you not get the shot? Are you wearing a mask? Are you still wearing a, or are you not wearing a mask? Are you still wearing a mask all day long? And if you are, what's wrong with you? But hey, if you're not, what kind of a person are you? We judge health decisions up and down. We're just judgmental by nature. Here's what I want you to know. We just simply judge other people. Human beings, don't miss this, human beings are by nature judgers. 
I know this because I am now a parent. And when I come up here, you know, sometimes you hear me talk about my daughter. Her name's Elizabeth, and she is two and a half, and she is extremely judgmental. There are certain people she likes. There are certain people she don't, do, does not like. And, and she wants to watch Nemo one day, and she wants to watch Dory the next day. And the other day she doesn't, and the next day she doesn't like Dory. And then she's into Zootopia. And I don't understand. And then she's into Blippi. Can you believe I was drugged to Blippi Live right across the street at the Performing Arts Center? And you don't know what Blippi Live is? Consider yourself blessed. But one, because I was judging a lot of parents at Blippi Live. But here's what I just want you to, by, by, by human nature, we're just all judgers. It actually appears to be part of our human makeup. It happens that naturally that we are actually uh, human beings from the time we enter this world that we are just judging other things. We step back and we make judgments on things. It happens so naturally that we don't even think about it. Last point on this. It happens so naturally that our society, in fact, is even based around judgment in our legal system. Isn't it? You know if you've been to court, hopefully you haven't been to court, maybe recently, but maybe you have. Or maybe you, you know, have seen this on uh, some, of, some of these you know, personalities are on TV. Don't put it up yet. I'm going to show you my favorite in a second. But one of the things that happens is you actually have a system where attorneys, defendants, plaintiffs go before a group of people, a jury or a judge, and what happens? A judgment is rendered. This is a part of our society, up and down, to the point where it's so popular that people have their own shows based on it. Here's my favorite. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a massive fan here. Like, first of all, I've never seen people tell off morons like this woman. Like, and you know what I'm talking about. Because she says, well, what are you doing that for? And I just kind of sit back and chuckle. And I'm judging them in the process, right? I am. It's part of what I'm doing as a human being. But And, and after her 26-year career, 500-plus million dollars, she moved over to Naples. And then she is back on Amazon Prime. And when I get a notification that new episodes of Judy Justice are uploaded, do I go to that TV as fast as I can? And I'm not kidding one bit. You can ask my wife on the way out if you want to. I love this woman, Judge Judy. She can slick back hair, do ponytail now. Man, I like Judge Judy. Anyway, here's why I talk about all this. Here's why I say this. Here's why I've set this up. When Jesus walked the earth, Jesus talked a lot about judgment. Jesus talked about judgment. He was very serious about judgment. Do you want to know why he talked about judgment? In my opinion, and I tend to think he did this a lot in life as he walked the earth and had his ministry. I believe that Jesus talked about judgment because he knew it would be an issue for us. I believe that Jesus talked so directly about judgment because he knew that the human beings that he loved so much would struggle with this. Jesus talked about judgment. Don't miss this. Jesus talked about judgment because he calls us to die to ourselves and our human nature. Adam, what are you talking about? Jesus talks about judgment. This is the way I was made. This is the way I was born. This is how I was brought up to judge. You, you even said this kids judge. What are you talking about? Like, I can't stop judging. It's just part of who I am. Jesus always, always, always in life calls us, followers of his, to the exact opposite of the way that human nature calls us to go, for a better way of life, for a better society. I just believe that Jesus talked about judgment because he calls us to die to ourselves 
and our human nature. You see this throughout the scripture over and over and over again. You know, I opened up the message with a little joke about the 4th of July and about eh, about 50 years or so to go and it'll all be over, right? But when that time comes for each one of us, let's think about that moment for a second. As we approach those twilight years and we never really know when it will be over, all of us have talked about that. When we stand before God, which is what we believe that we'll do, and we don't even really know what that means, right? But we believe it will happen. We don't know exactly how that will look, but we believe in it. We, we, we think about this. There is only one person on planet Earth that you will be held accountable for. And who is it? You. You're the only person that God's going to go, talk to me about this. You're going to give an account for you. You're not going to go, well, did you see what Ed did? Like, you know, it, it, it's about you. Here's my question. So why do you spend so much time judging others? If, if it's about you and working on you where you're at and how you could be a better follower of Jesus. And by the way, if you're not a Christian yet or you have not crossed the line of faith yet, what I'm about to say, right, it doesn't necessarily apply to you. But what we're talking about is what Jesus said to people who are going to be followers of his and what this looked like. We hope that someday you'll cross that line of faith and follow after Jesus with all of your heart. But here's the real question. Why do you spend so much time judging others? In the book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, Jesus talks about this. And I think it's really important for us to step back and have this conversation. Here it is. He starts out by saying, hey, do not judge or you too will be judged. Big yikes. First sentence, do not judge or you too will be judged. Well, I don't want to be judged because I know what I've done and you know what you've done and I don't want to be judged based on that. Do you? Probably not. He says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Yikes. Another big yikes. So you're telling me, Jesus, that you're saying the way that I judge other people, that's the same way I'm going to be judged? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. He goes on. This is our question for the day. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now, what I find so interesting about this is the people of the time would have found this hilarious. Uh, John and I were talking about this. They would have researched this. This is what they call hyperbole, where Jesus was using an extreme example, and they would have just been rolling, like hysterically rolling. Like you would have been walking up on a group of people, and you're like, what is so funny? And then they tell you, and you go, that's not funny. But they would have thought that this was really funny, which is why Jesus used it. And then he goes on and almost hammers them from that standpoint after they're laughing. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? He goes on, you hypocrite. You ever been called a hypocrite? It's not really the funnest thing to be called, is it? It means you're not actually believing what you say you're believing. You hypocrite. Jesus said, first, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Hold up here, Jesus. I thought you just said don't judge. What are you talking about speck removal? I don't understand what you're talking about here. Hold the phone, I like to say. I, okay, so, you know, in honor of our lead pastor, John Garippa, who is not with us today, he's uh, out of town. 
I would like to just pay homage to him by putting the colored words on the screen. If you're not familiar with the colored words, John's obsessed with these and I could care less. However, he loves these, so I'm putting them up in his homage today. You hypocrite! He said, first, okay, first, he says, take the plank out of your own eye. Basically, take it out. You want to know what this means? Get right. Get right. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck. Why, Jesus, you just told me not to judge. Why would I be removing a speck from somebody else's eye? From your brother's eye. So this verse in general, as I look at it, could kind of be summarized with one sentence or even one phrase, right? If you're sitting back with me and you're reading it, and, you're, and maybe you're not thinking about it too detailed yet, you're just reading it, and you're going, yeah, here's kind of the summary of this verse. Mind your own business, right? Could be summarized in one verse. Mind your own business until you get to the last sentence. And then it's like, hmm, Sort of. What do you mean, Jesus, I should take the plank out of my own eye? Okay, you called me a hypocrite. You told me to take it out. How, how do you, and then I could help remove the speck from my brother's eye? I thought you told me not to judge the speck in my brother's eye. What does that mean? Well, if you are a Christian, and I want you to understand this for a second. If you would call Downtown Harbor Church your home and you would be here and you would call us a place where you want to engage, which by the way, if you're new here and you're looking for a place to engage, we would love it if you would call our church home. There's about 200 people that call Downtown Harbor Church home and they are uh, a part of our community and they engage with each other, uh, some more than others, but they really would call this place their home. So if you're looking for a place, we would love to have you be a part of what we're doing at DHC. But inside these walls, in this museum, in this theater, what should happen is as we come in and hear a message and engage with each other, it should go out there and help others form relationship together. And they should enter into, hopefully, a friendship, a connection that goes beyond what happens in these walls. And here's what I just want you to know. When we get out there, related to judgment and kind of judging people from afar and then engaging inside the church, there is a tension between loving our Christian brothers and sisters and judging them. What do you mean? I thought Jesus said, do not judge. Don't judge. Yeah, he sure did. But then he also said, get yourself right. Take the plank out of your own eye so that you can help others with the speck in their eye. Because one of the things that I've understood and realized about what happens inside the local church, specifically what we want to happen inside of this local church, is that we want to see people make the wisest decisions that they can. We want to see people have the best lives that they can. We want to see people follow after Jesus with their whole heart. We want to see, see people make wise decisions. And here's one of the things that I've seen happen inside the church with a lot of people that I know. A lot of times, people who I know, whether it's close friends or not close friends, they do some really stupid and dumb things. And I've done some really stupid and dumb things. And inside the local church, here's what I want you to know. We all make mistakes. We all sin. We all step in mud. We have to pull ourselves back out of that. And we want to do that as effectively as we can. But no one wants to watch someone else burn, do they? No one wants to someone watch someone else downward spiral. Some of these decisions that we watch people go through are little and they're small. 
Some of them are really big. Some of them are really unwise. I've made decisions that have been really unwise. And wouldn't I have wished in the moment that someone who loved me, who had already taken the plank out of their own eye, would have been there to put their arm around me to help me take the speck out of my eye? We don't want to see someone else burn their life down with an unwise decision. So here's the tension, right? Here's the tension, which I think is really important for us to understand. And I think this is where it comes in, where we have to be really engaging with this and understanding of this and helping others around us do this too. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's the question. How do you help others, specifically here, right, without judgment of their life? There's a tension. That's really hard because none of us want to see any brothers or sisters, by the way, overused terms, but we use them, right? Because some people are probably rolling their eyes, brothers, sisters, yeah, no, just people we know and care about, right? But we want people to make good decisions. We want people to be responsible. We want people to follow after Jesus. We want people to love their families. How do you help others without judgment of their life? So let me give an example. So this would be like John, who if you don't know John, he's here usually uh, preaching for a number of weeks uh, a month, most of the time he's here. And uh, he and I have been friends for, I don't know, call it over 10 years. I met John and um, we hit it off, we became buddies. And then John, myself, uh, Christina, who's our worship leader, her family, some others, we decided a number of years ago to start Downtown Harbor Church to try to reach out to people in our community. Great. This would be like John coming to me and saying, hey, Adam, I got a question for you. And he goes, okay, great. He goes, um, man, I'm obsessed with this car. And I go, okay, what kind of car? He goes, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to buy a Rolls. I'm going to buy a Rolls Royce. I'm going to buy a Rolls. And I go, oh, great. Um, talk, talk to me about it. He goes, well, you know, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I saw a picture on Instagram and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And, but, but here's the deal. I, it, it's really all I have. Uh, left in the bank and I'm going to have to sell my house to get the car and I'm going to really have to kind of put everything on the line to get it done. Uh, my wife uh, doesn't know about this and what she's going to have to do because of this decision, and she's ready to wrap up her career. That's not true, by the way. This is all, uh, you know, uh, in the future, this is all just uh, something that I made up. But Jacqueline, his wife, because of this decision, she's going to have to work until, you know, she's blue in the face. And our daughter, Charlotte, we can't pay for her post-secondary education or even her elementary education because I'm about to make this decision. I'm going to go buy this car. What do you think? And I go, wow, it's a great idea. I think, I mean... I would love to go with you. Like, we, I, I would, and then he comes home with the car, tells his wife, hey, I got this car. Guess what? I cleaned us out. We're done. I got nothing left. Can't pay the IRS either. And I'm cleaned out. But, but, tell you, but look at this car that we're going to be rolling around town in. Okay, look, man, we are going to be the talk of the town. And you could just see his wife's face at this moment going, what in the, what is the matter with you? And, and, and who who told you this was a good idea? Oh, Adam from the church. He's my buddy. He said it was a great, he, he went with me to get the car. And this is a funny kind of silly example. But all of a sudden, don't you see that this has the ability to take your life on a downward spiral? Because what you would hope people would say in those circumstances, especially if you have financial issues and they know your story, is to go, hey, I love you. I think you're a great guy. This is a bad move. 
This is a very bad move. I've always talked about the people that I want around me in friendship, in relationship, because I believe this is true. Judgment and loving, the difference there, the tension there is all about relationship, right? It's all about relationship. It's all about being able to speak into others that you have a relationship with. If you don't have a relationship, it makes it way more difficult to bring up something controversial or something that needs to be corrected. It's hard. This is why it's all about relationship. Here's a question. Have you ever thought about the people you hang around with? Have you ever thought about this? I think this is really important because inside of DHC, inside of the Christian faith, inside of the local church, I want people surrounding me who are going to help me and encourage me to make wise decisions and to help correct my path if it's wrong. I always say this. I want a buddy in my life who's sitting next to me at the bar who's going to encourage me to go home versus encourage me to have one more. That's the kind of person that I want in my life. Who's going to help correct that? Because my dad, I'm sorry, my father-in-law, Caitlin's dad, and John's dad have an expression. It's so funny. They intersected long ago. And you may have heard this before if you've been around DHC for any length of time. But we say it consistently about these people who would kind of make a judgment, kind of, of your life. But it would hopefully be in a loving way so that you could be put back on a better path. These people you would want in your life to follow after Jesus better and to make wiser choices and do better things. I'm going to say it like this. You can't soar with eagles if you're going to hang around with turkeys. You can't. It's really hard to soar with eagles if you're going to hang around with turkeys. And here's the deal. We want people in our lives who are going to come alongside of us and help us do better. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't love turkeys, by the way. Jesus calls us to love. I got a lot of turkeys in my life. People who are just turkeys, they were, you know, they're, they're flapping in the breeze, they're living out there. Jesus wants us to love them all the time. But I want people in my life who are going to help me soar, who are going to say to me, you're stepping out of line here. You're stepping in mud and I want to help correct you because I care about you. It's about appropriately getting to a place where you have a relationship so you can approach someone about the stuff in their life. Let me say it again so you can understand it because there was a lot on that slide. It's about appropriately getting to a place where you have a relationship so you can approach someone about the stuff in their life. Because I don't want to watch my friends and family members burn. I've seen enough people burn it down. I don't want to see people destroy their lives anymore. I wouldn't spend that money. I don't know that I would have that drug. I don't know that I would respond to that text message. I don't know that I would go meet that person because if you do, the future might be really ugly for you. And I care about you. And I know you want to follow after Jesus. So I think I would advise you not to do that. How could you say that to me? That's so judgmental. No, it isn't. It means generally if you respond with that question that somebody in your life hit a hot button. It means that somebody in your life said something maybe you've thought about before. Maybe you know needs to be fixed. I don't know what that is for you, but you do. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. Pop it out. 
and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You want to know what this means? Let me put a summary uh, sentence or phrase on this. Here's what, it's, here's what it means. Help yourself so you can help others. Help yourself so you can help other people. Get yourself right. Work on what Jesus wants you to work on so that you can come back and then help other people. But the Christian faith is rooted in this whole idea of death to self and fighting against our human nature. But through this process, we want to make sure that we love one another. You never want to be rude. You never want to be boastful or prideful. John 13, 34 says this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. You know, in this socially charged time that we live in, I've never lived in a time like this in my life. Maybe you have if you've been around for uh, a number of years longer than I have, but I've never seen a socially charged time like this. And from both sides of opinions in the aisles, I consistently see people bashing each other in negativity. And one of the things that I thought was potentially, this is a ADD side rant part of the message, just so everybody understands for a minute. One of the most ridiculous things that I've seen in the last few days is people by, like they start out by ranting on social media, which by the way, you should never do. And if you do, you look so bad. And you know that, you, that other people think you look bad, but you do it anyway. And then you say that, I love posts like this when people say, and by the way, if you don't agree with me, you can unfriend me. Oh no, oh dear. I'm, well, I'm going to click the remove friend button. It, like we think this is constructive. And I've seen Christians do it. If you think that this is, if, if anybody else can have an opinion on anything other than what I think, you can go ahead and unfriend me. Oh dear, right? Unfollow me. Who, you, you look so foolish. If I could really just have a conversation, I would go, and, and like a reasonable one, I would go, what are you hoping to accomplish by this? To, stake, to, to take a stand? Jesus didn't take stands. He built relationships and had conversations effectively through these means that we're talking about today. He didn't stand up and wave a flag and make bold statements and then walk away. He showed other people how to live through effectively in relationship caring about each other. Bottom line. And in the Christian faith, loving and judging are not mutually exclusive. Where Jesus says, do not judge, he means it. But he also wants you to take the plank out of your own eye so that you can help others who are dealing with the specks in their eye. And until you get that plank out, don't think about helping them. But once you do, man, do it over and over and over again. Rooted in love. Rooted in the Christian faith. Because you want to know what's different inside these walls versus what happens out there on social media where we say, unfriend me or unfollow me if you don't agree with me. How ridiculous. Inside these walls, what we do is rooted in love. We don't give up on each other. We fight for each other, even if we disagree. Even if we don't always come to the center on all these things, and we say we may disagree, but it's rooted in love. That Jesus said, love one another. That's how they'll know you're my followers, by the way that you love. Love forbids me from sizing you up and writing you off. 
Love forbids me from looking at you and saying, I'm done with you. Love forbids me from sizing you up and walking away. Because here, we'll fight for you. Here, we won't let you walk away. Here, we'll say to you, I know you're in a storm. I know it's about to burn down for you, but we're going to link arms and we're going to help each other. And if you think that's so judgmental, no, it isn't. That's how much we care about your life. Judging each other from a distance is one of those things that is so, so bad. It's all about relationship rooted in love. Jealousy and self-righteousness get in the way of love. Which is why when we talk about these things inside the church and inside the Christian faith, we don't want to do any of it. When we do it, we want to be a light. Jesus talks about that light in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if you're a follower of mine, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and follow my Father in heaven. Jesus says, don't put a bowl over your light. Let it shine. This is one of the way, one of the ways that your light can shine. I'm a picture guy. I don't know if you're a picture person as well, but one of the things that I think is so important is for us to just have a visual. So I looked up this this week. It was this idea of this little wood plank, almost like a pencil, but sharp on both sides. Think about this. This is violent, so stay with me. Think about this being stuck in your eye. It might make some of us feel a little uncomfortable because well, it would make feel a lot uncomfortable, okay? But Jesus basically says, this is what is stuck in your eye. Get it out. And in fact, until you get it out, it's going to be very difficult for you to see the speck in your brother's eye. In fact, it might be so uncomfortable that you're dealing with something that it may affect the way you see others. That it might make you abrasive. Might make you agitated. Might make you moody. Because you haven't dealt with it. Take the plank out of your own eye in preparation for removing the speck from your brother's eye. Let's get personal for a second. I've been through that. I'm sure some of you have been through it too. Our stories are different. By the way, what I love about DHC is that when folks come into this room in this building, they bring their issues. We don't shy away from issues. We embrace issues. We want to help people get better. We have a saying around here that goes like this. It's okay to be that way. It's just not okay to stay that way. I've been through times where people put their arms around me and said, we, we got to do better. We, we don't want to see you go down this path. You have uh, this amazing, bright future and, and things look so good, but, but we've got, we got to correct some things. I could have easily responded with, that's so judgmental. But it isn't. I was thankful that there were people in my life to actually put their arms around me during difficult times, as hopefully now I will be able to do for others during difficult times. As you shine that light that Jesus calls you to be, to be a light to a world inside this particular organization and church, there's a reason you're here that needs you. So what's the practical? You know, at Downtown Harbor Church, every single week we put this word on the screen. And so we say to ourselves, hey, uh, what's the practical? Because we want 
folks to come into our uh, space here and hear a message on a Sunday and know exactly what to do with what they've heard, to put it into practice on Monday. You want to know one of the things that I've uh, noticed, not only at DHC, but a lot of churches, that oftentimes individuals who need to hear this generally never do. You ever felt that? That you, you think about a story or a situation, and sometimes a lot of times people who need to hear something generally never do. I, I've given messages before where I've preached about an issue or spoken about an issue, and by the time I make it out to the coffee station, somebody's out there talking to me about the exact opposite of what I just talked about. Individuals who need to hear this generally never do. So right now, here's what I want you to do. Every single person in this room, every single person watching online, myself, tech team, people who are on stage here at this church, listen up. Listen up. My dad used to say, son, listen up. I'm going to tell you the same thing. Listen up for a second. Do not judge. Stop judging other people. It does not help you. It does not win. It's a bad way to live. It creates a culture of divide. Why are you judging other people? What do you care what that person wears? What do you care about the decisions they make? Talk about their health decisions. What do you care? Go live your own life and follow after Jesus. Quit judging other people. Stop it. Knock it off. It's such a negative emotion. Why are you living that way? It doesn't help you. It's bad. Stop judging. Do not judge. On the flip side of it, inside this church, inside these walls, allow relationship to turn potential judgment into loving obedience. It's a mouthful, but it's a big one. And it's an important one. Allow the relationship with someone that you have. And by the way, you can't have relationship with everybody you can only have relationship with a few. Jesus did. He had 12. You can't have a relationship with everybody inside these walls, but allow a relationship to turn potential judgment into loving obedience. And then finally, allow your plank removal to help us. Take that plank out of your own eye, whatever it is, and then go help somebody else. Go, go engage with somebody else. Somebody else may need your help. And they don't even know it yet. Somebody else may need your story and they don't even know it yet. Go do it. Gang, what happens inside these walls on Sunday is so crucial to what we do. Because we have a message and we meet each other. And then we take it out into the world where we engage with each other further. That's what this is for. Go find some people at DHC. Meet them. Engage with them right where they're at. And when it's time, allow what you've removed in your life to help them Take the speck out of their own eye. Be a light to them. That's what Jesus talked about. That's the relationship he meant. And when we did that from start to finish, we actually might be able to change the world. Do not judge. Don't do it. But allow what has happened in your life, once you get it right, through faith in Christ, to help other people. Let me pray for us. Oh, Father God, um, today was a lot, but we know that you're real, and we know that you're powerful, and we know that you're going to help each one of us in this room dissect this and um, put this into our own lives in, in our own way as you would lead us. God, guide us. Lead us. Put your arms around us. Help us to not judge others. Help us to take those planks out of our own eyes so that we could help other people right where they're at. 
Jesus, we know that you're hearing and answering this prayer. And God, we would be so quick to give you all the glory. We love you. We praise you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.